Hello, City Plumbing. Brad speaking. How can I help you? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode five of Inside the Lantern. This week, I've got a very special guest on. Brad, are you excited? I'm excited! <laughs> uh, this week, Sean isn't here, Brad's here, and we talk about a very important moment which led to Sean being involved with Led by Lanterns in the first place. We talk about Brad's involvement with Led by Lanterns. We wanted to talk about his involvement with the cassettes and the stories, but we didn't even get to it, so we'll have to get him <laughs> back on uh, another time. But we also talk about what Brad's up to now, his newest musical adventures, and... Uh, just a couple of funny stories that we've both experienced together, isn't it, Brad? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so uh, hopefully you enjoy this one. Let's go into it! Yay! Started running there, and uh, it's it's horrible. Oh. But uh, it's I, horrible. I, I hate running. I How come far back, do you I, run? I keep getting shin splints on my ankles. Keep looking up. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's horrible. I'm in so much pain with them. Like I come back the other day, and I was, my mum was like, "How far have you run?" And I was like, three And she was like, "Mile." I was like, "No minutes." <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Honestly. Maybe you, maybe you started too hard. Maybe you're running too I mean, fast. People say, like, to stretch and warm up. I don't. Maybe I should start. Ah. Yeah, you definitely should. I actually got shin splints on the on the Mallory Knox tour because really? every day, it was like a month long, and I'd be jumping up and down on the stage. Yeah. And then I'd come off stage, and I couldn't walk. <laughs> Towards the end of the tour, it was just the most pain I've I ever mean, been. because you've got, like, you're having weight. Just go down on your legs and your shins, aren't you? Like, every night from jumping. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know. It's funny, you don't you don't think about it. No. You, you don't think about it until you're doing it. It's mad, that. And it's actually like playing a set, as you know, is a lot of bloody energy. It is a lot of energy. Actually. Yeah. I remember seeing the um, seeing the uh, Parkway Drive documentary and the guy was like, I, need to, I stay as fit as I can and I go to the gym every day because people deserve a good show. And... They're from Australia. I'm doing a terrible impression of an American guy. Australia. He was like, yeah, he's just emphasising fitness being an important part of it, and it's something we don't think about at our level. I I remember, um, obviously, because I lived at the school from the start up until, was it like 2017, 2018? 2018 it was. Lived at the college. Uh, God, was was it that long ago that you moved out? 2018, yeah. Wow, these years are Is it April, April 2018, I think, because it was not long after that March tour. Oh, yeah, that yeah. That was 2018. Yeah. Um, Which tour was that? The one we'd done with Dead Set Dream and As uh, December yeah. Falls, was it? As December Falls. Yeah, oh, that brings me nicely on to Dead Set Dream. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so... Uh, obviously, you know, you, you had a break from music for a while, concentrated on your relationships. Yeah, I had a year. Um, I think it was which just, just succeeded over a year, I think. At, yeah, succeeded and failed in different variations. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> as, as all relationships do. Uh, and then, obviously, you got together with the guys in Dead Set Dream. Yeah. And uh, tell us a bit about, about how you got to know those guys. Like, obviously, from you, you met them on that on the, the shows of that tour, but how did you start actually talking about 
Well, we together. didn't actually. We, we, it's not like we kept in touch or anything like after that tour. It was just a band that we I knew from the from the Lantern store that we'd done in in that March. Um, and mm. then obviously I had like a year off, and it was kind of. I think it was around just August time, maybe in 2019, August September time. Um, and Shiny put up a, a post saying that. Dead Set Dream were looking for a drummer. And um, I didn't actually see the post. And I'm, I think it, it was 100% you. And I don't know if it was Boots or Sean that tags me into the post as well. Ah, oh, I didn't know that was actually a big yeah, part so of it. Yeah, so he tagged me in the post. And then um, from I just I think I commented on the post or I might have inboxed Shiny. Um, and Shiny was on his way back from work and he called me. And then it wasn't so much set in stone straight away. It was kind of... Um, they had like a few other people uh, to audition, and then um, Shiny basically said that they're supporting Mallory Knox uh, on the tour that you was on. Um, oh, yeah, in right. Nottingham. So that was my first show with Dead Set Dream. Um, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know it was yeah, the first yeah. show. I don't think you ever told me that until so, now. So my first show with Dead Set Dream was playing just before Led by Lantern supporting Mallory Knox. <laughs> oh, that's, that's actually mad. I didn't know that. I thought you'd already played some shows. No, no, no. I was. I, oh. I think we had like four rehearsals. Like this, it was only about a month before that you tagged me in that status. So it was only about four oh, weeks before. God, I got like. I don't know if it's just me or if this is like a problem people have in life, but I have a problem with timescales. I just mess all the dates up in my head. And I was terrible at history in school and I just never get it right. <laughs> in my mind, you did not move out of the college that long ago at all. And yeah. you've been in Dead Set Dream for ages. <laughs> yeah, that's scary, that is. Yeah. I've been in Dead so, Set Dream um, for two years. So what is, what's happening? I mean, every, anything you can talk about. In the Dead Set Dream right camp at now, the moment. Right now, we're writing completely different music. Like, we've gone sort of like a new Bring Me style. Um, okay, cool. And it is, like, we're absolutely loving it at the minute. Um, but we're just unsure, you know, we, we're just we're just writing at the moment. We're not thinking too much into it. We're just going to write and then see yeah. what happens. So is, it, uh, is, like, there a potential reinvention on the cards then? Potentially. A, cl a classic, a classic reinvention. Yeah, Potentially. I feel like, honestly, looking back at at my favorite runner-up, I feel like we should have done that a long time ago. So I think it's a smart move. You say you say and, that, uh, though, but I mean, like, I think things, I think timing is everything. And I think if you'd done it earlier, I think things could have panned out differently. Yeah, uh, uh, well, always that's actually a thing that's interesting to talk about. Like there was, there was time. There's, you can look back on your life, being a musician and being in bands, and think, oh, there's moments which could have created something. You know, started a different path. Yeah. And, and there's one of them that sticks out in my mind. Where uh, as a band, we lived in the middle of nowhere in Wales, and we were thinking of all moving together to like Cardiff or to somewhere more built up. I know Cardiff's still in Wales. But I remember it's us speaking more... about moving to London, like at the very start, because obviously that's where all the big music stuff is happening. Yeah. So and I, I feel like obviously we'll never know, but I feel like if if that decision was made, maybe, just maybe. Yeah, I mean you, I don't I don't look back and regret not doing it, but I look yeah. back and wonder. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, that's, that's, I, that's the I big would, thing. Having having moved to Birmingham and 
my career as a sound engineer and tour manager took off after moving here, I would, I, I know that if I would have moved away from where I did sooner, something else would have happened sooner. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, it's like with, with Boots, because obviously Boots wanted to go and, and do his own thing, which was, you know, which when he, Boots wanted to sing, which is obviously the reason why you said, well, you sing. But yeah. if if things happened earlier, Boots might have gone off and done his own thing. So we might not have started Lanterns with Boots. That's true, yeah. And also Boots is the first person who met you, wasn't he? So talk us through talk us through how you met. Because oh, wow. I actually don't know exactly how that happened. Um, we was... So have you spoke about Paul Squires yet? In these no, podcasts? not yet, actually, no. Okay, so Paul Squires was a key part of this. Um, so I was, I was session drumming for this acoustic guy. Um, and he was going on like this tour, which is actually the MFRU tour that we done with Maven. If you remember ah. that. Oh yeah, Le- uh, Leo. Leo, yeah, Leo Car, yeah, yeah. Um, so before that, um, somebody, um, do you know? I really can't remember, and I apologise if you're listening to this because I can't remember who you are. Um, but somebody, I just remember vaguely somebody messaging me and saying. Um, I've got a spare ticket for you, me and six and all time low tonight in Birmingham. Do you want to go? And I was at work and I was a bit like, oh, it's going to be a mad rush. So I was like. So hang on. You went to, did you go to a UX6 gig with someone and you forgot who they are? Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh... <laughs> it was a good night. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, this is actually quite an interesting story um, because. When we got there, um, the tour was announced with Leo Kai, MFIU and Maven had already been announced. Um, and then when we got there, um, Squires went to that gig with Boots. Um, okay, so I, for anyone who's listening, yeah. Paul Squires was uh, my old band, my favourite runner-up, which Boots was also in. Uh, Paul Squires was our sound engineer. Um who we met because he was also a promoter and he put our band on in Wolverhampton and then we just stayed in touch and then he became our sound engineer and toured with us mixing our band. That's and how I met Squires as well. Have I put in a gig on in Wolves? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's mad. And, and uh, obviously at this time, um, I didn't know Brad. Me and Boots didn't know Brad. And it was Brad who eventually linked us up with Sean, who now sings for us. So this is an important connection that happened. And actually, I'm going to just, before yeah. you carry on there, I'm going to take it back another level to how Paul Squires found out about us in the first place. <laughs> and it's because it all comes down to Simon Ruby. It really? all, everything goes back. Like, if it wasn't for this moment, right, which I'm about to tell you, yeah. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know Sean. Uh, this band wouldn't be what it is. You wouldn't have toured with me. We wouldn't. It, it's mad. I probably I that wouldn't have met actually, your dad. I wouldn't have had. I would because I when I first moved to Birmingham, I worked with Brad's dad for a while at, at yeah. his firm, and none of that would have happened if it wasn't for Simon Ruby turning on Kerrang TV one day and a my favorite runner-up music video, which was Let It Ride, the roller coaster was alive, and he saw that song and. He, he liked it enough that he called his friend, Paul Squires, and said, Paul, you need to check out this band. You, if you can book them, book them, because I need to go to that show. And if Simon Ruby hadn't have done that, right? And for anyone who is listening, Simon Ruby has since 
uh, he, he since moved into the college with all of us. He then became our merch guy and toured with us. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's obviously a great friend, and a lot of you have probably met him if you listen to this. It's mad but how it all goes come back to him, and that obviously then led to Paul meeting us, which uh, and then and then it leads forwards to this moment where um, the tour was booked with Leo Kai, my favorite runner-up, and Maven, and then. Uh, you carry on. You were both. You went to a UMIX six gig. So we went to a UMIX six gig, and then um, I seen. I think it was just in the foyer, um, ready to go in, and then um, I, I seen Squires, and we we knew who each other was, but we kind of didn't at the same time. But we knew each other enough to say hello. Um, okay. So Paul, being Paul, just come over and like give me like a hug, even though he barely knew me. Um, yeah. And then he 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 just said like what what are you doing now and I said oh, I'm drumming for this guy and he said uh, he said oh amazing he said uh, are you going on tour and I said yeah and I told him the tour and he was like Boots is over there and I was like who the hell is Boots and then he was like he's the guitarist for for my favorite runner who are you going on tour with so Paul just so Squires just pulls me over um, that's mad and then I end up we just basically end up speaking in in the queue. Um, don't know where my other friends have gone, um, but we just ended up speaking in the queue about this tour. Um, oh, you don't even remember who your friends were, bro? <laughs> <laughs> that is really bad. This is like 2015. This, uh, yeah. There's still not an excuse. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> I'm just a terrible person. So at the time, he was just like, we've got this European tour that we're doing, which was the... The debunk tour, and um, and I just said, if you need somebody to fill in for you, why you find another drummer? Like, let me know. And that, so then that goes on to my. I mean, I don't know what else he said to you that night, but I remember from my point of view, I remember being in Abu Dhabi in Wales. Yeah. And um, Boots called me and saying, I've met this guy. Uh, he's he seems like a decent guy. Uh, obviously, at the time, our drummer had left. We were looking, we, and we had this European tour coming up, and we were looking for someone to play drums and. Obviously, he'd bumped into you at this UMI at six gig, yeah. and I remember. Remember? Do you remember? He said, uh, "This is his name," and then I started messaging you probably on Facebook, and then we had a video call. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. And I was in my dad's office in in the house. One and, uh, one cool thing about that UMI at six show is um, Boots went off and got some beers um, and come back, and he gave me a beer, um, and this was. Um, Walk the Moon was on that tour um, and Walk the Moon I think had just released Shut Up and Dance um, and they were playing Shut Up and Dance while me and Boots was talking about using me as the drummer for the European tour so that song always has like a significant meaning for me because for me oh, that was like yeah. the absolute start of everything yeah did we ever play that after that no we've never played that song have we no I don't think we have no no uh, uh, have we did we in in one of the weddings with the cassettes, did we? Yeah. I don't Maybe think we it, did, you know. Oh, you know, I don't think it was. I think it was in Lanterns. I think that was one of the first covers. Nah. Wasn't it? Shut up and dance to me. <gasps> You're right, I remember Boots singing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, like, it was like, shut up and dance with, with me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we played Pillow Talk first, and then I'm sure we played Shut Up and Dance after that. Because it was only oh, for that March tour that we played uh, Dua Lipa. God, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, Maybe. that's cool. 
And so obviously that started a chat between all of us. And you came down to Wales with Paul. Do you remember? Did you share a ride with did you? He not, was down there, down as well, wasn't he? I didn't. Not the first time, I don't think. I also remember the first okay. time driving to Wales because that was the first ever time I had a speeding ticket. Um, oh yeah, because it was a forty mile an hour uh, average speed camera, and you did forty two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And at the same time, we had James Skidmore <laughs> filling in on bass, which we touched on in the last in one of the it. last yeah, podcasts yeah, as well. Yeah. So you were both coming down, rehearsing with us in Wales, was that ready for this European tour. Or, or was are. that when I had to... Did I open a can of tuna or something with some pliers? Oh, you, shit, yeah. Do you didn't have a can that? opener. And, yeah, and you just mashed the hell out of this. <laughs> and it looked like the most dangerous can of tuna <laughs> that's ever been on planet Earth. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was cool. I remember rehearsing and thinking, you know, yep, great drummer. Let's let's go and do this tour. And I, I stand by that. We all know you're a great drummer, Brad. And... So, um, we went and did this European tour, which let's talk about for a second. Right? <laughs> good times. Many, many good times. The, the first night was in a venue called... Oh, what was it called? Um, uh, um, we kept saying it so many times. It became a saying on the tour. Uh, um, la, la, uh, oh, La Cine Michelet. La Cine Michelet. That's it. La Cine Michelet. And uh, it was in Bordeaux or something, somewhere in France. And... Um, I remember it being like, the, the deal was we went out to Europe with a band called Debunk and they yeah. sorted out the European shows. We sorted out the UK shows. And I remember this first show being, there was like quite a few people there, I think really. Our third show, but the first show was the best show, I think. Yeah, but they were like a very mixed age group and more like, you know, when you ask your mum and your cousin and your uncle and you're to get them burning tickets your in. second removed <laughs> person to yeah. come along it was kind of a bit like that but yeah you're right the gig was fun i remember something going wrong i remember with... that um i remember that show it was it was hot as anything like, yes it was, it was so really hot. hot that was yeah mad. it was and uh, and and so but that uh, obviously that show was the best show but that tour as a whole including the uk shows not the best crowd-wise. Obviously, thank you to everyone who did show up to those shows if yeah, you were yeah. there. And, you know, I, I definitely do not not appreciate you being there. But as a, as a whole, I think it was a sign that my favourite runner-up, the band, was coming to a natural end. It was like a holiday, wasn't it? It was like a nice end celebration, yeah, really. Yeah, and what, what made it cool was, do you remember, because Val, that was when we met Val, which I explained in the last episode as well. Thinking that um, she was when a boy. we all met when you met Val as well, and uh, she worked at Disneyland, and we had a day off when we were in Paris. You remember? Yeah. And her friend Christoph also worked in Disneyland. Big up Christoph! What a legend. Big up Christoph. Um, and he sorted us out with uh, tickets, free free tickets, and he mm. also took us like a sneaky way to meet Mickey Mouse. You remember? Yeah. And dis- so, Mickey like, Mouse. I'm gonna I'm gonna upset a lot of people when I say this, but if you ever go to Disneyland Paris. Mickey Mouse is a female. What? Yeah, but is it always is Mickey Mouse always played by a female? I'm not sure. Or was that, it just that, that, that just really upset mm. me? That that ruined my tour. That's really upsetting. Oh God! <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't make a difference, oh, Brad. Oh, that's when sexist. That's when, that's when Boots got absolutely owned by Mickey Mouse. Yeah, so we'll get to that. But I remember, first of all, the queue to meet Mickey Mouse is displayed on an LED screen at the start of the queue, and it goes, to meet Mickey Mouse, you have to wait an hour and 50 minutes. We were like, bloody hell, that's a long queue just to meet Mickey Mouse. And then Christoph goes, just come with me. 
<laughs> and he like opens this secret door in the side of the building and we go through like the staff area and then we just do you remember we popped out right at the front of the queue and there was a family waiting behind the oh, rope and there yes. was a little girl and she saw us step out the door in front of her and she looked me queue. in the eye and went and like crossed her arms like <laughs> like so angry <laughs> and then I remember letting that family go first I was like it's okay you go first come on please just don't look at me <laughs> just don't hurt me that was an and then, angry yeah, you're right. kid I we got in. that angry <laughs> <laughs> and then we got in to meet Mickey Mouse and we all fist bumped yes like fist bumped Mickey Mouse and, but but Boots put his fist up to fist bump Mickey Mouse and Mickey Mouse looked right past him. Do you remember? <laughs> Just left him hanging. I will link you to that so video good. that you can put into the Discord. Yeah. You did you was it you that edited that? Yeah. It was, it was me, me and you and someone else was in your bedroom. Me, you and Squires, I think, wasn't it? Was it Squires? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And there's like it goes black and white and there's that sad violin music <laughs> when Boots' fist gets Ripped, missed. Mate. Yeah. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, that tour was Great as a whole, and we did it that. Do you remember we did that photo shoot on top of the van in the middle of nowhere on that long straight road? <laughs> and I think that photo is still the cover photo on the My Favorite Runner is it? Facebook oh, page. That's wicked. Yeah. Do you remember when and we done that photo on top of the roof, and then he got put in the magazine? And your was he whose face was it? It was split down the crate. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. It wasn't mine. I can't remember whose face it was. was could it, it, have boots? Been, it could have been Bootsy's. No, Very there was well like it, this photo got printed across the centrefold of this magazine and in where the pages met was Boots I think it was Boots was his face and it was obviously just like pinched into the into the centre and you in order to look at his face properly you had to like pull the magazine apart just to see it but like obviously you wouldn't do that you're just looking at this picture of the band and thinking bloody hell that guy's face is caved in <laughs> that was good that was very so yeah good so that was the first tour that you played with me in a band yeah, and then um, and obviously that uh, my favorite runner. We did that uh, on that show was the was a weird show, wasn't it? We played the show in Bring Creek in Wales, and our old drummer and our old bassist, yeah, who yeah. obviously still really good friends with me. But at the time, it was weird because they'd left and they'd come to watch their own band play. And bearing in mind, our drummer also wrote the lyrics, which I was singing as the lead singer. So he was watching his own lyrics being sung by his own band without him in it. Yeah. Uh, I remember, yeah, I, I, like, I remember after the show, I remember saying to, to Tom, like, is it weird watching another drummer play your songs? And he said, it's more weird watching a band play, like, sing lyrics that I wrote. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, I remember we were all, it's kind of weirdly, like, looking back, it shouldn't have been that stressful. But I remember you were stressed. I was, I, all of us were feeling, like, the pressure to play these songs in front yeah. of our old members. It was weird. Yeah. It was a weird think, pressure, wasn't it? I think it's just because I think I just, I think I just owed it to him to play the way he played it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, weird. So we did that. That was uh, the last tour that my favourite runner-up did. And then, obviously, Boots had the idea of starting the new band, We and obviously we just played with you, so we brought you... We all went along together, really, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And then you you then, we were like, well, we, we need a bassist. And you were like, oh, I know this guy called <laughs> his name, Sean. His name's Sean. <laughs> and I remember you were kind of a fanboy of Sean, weren't you? Cause, I still I mean, am, I'm not going to lie, I you, still you, am. Yeah, you, <laughs> you were playing, like, he had YouTube covers. Still, I'm still a fanboy. 
<laughs> you had YouTube videos and you kept playing them. You're like, watch, watch. Because this is before we were talking about having him in the band and you were like, oh, watch Sean, watch Sean do this. And then obviously we started talking about getting a bassist and you were like, we need Sean. And I'm so glad yeah. that you did that. Like, I that's just an, remember that's you, important. I, just, I remember you just sat there like, why would somebody with a voice like that just come and join a band playing bass? And I was... yeah. And I was like, he might. Like, it's worth a... And I remember at the time when he come round, um, he come round with every intention not to join. Um, yeah. And I think it was the whole... Yeah. The, of the college. Um, and Re- Recovery was the first song you heard, and Recovery was a good, is a good song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's right, because Recovery was already written, and I played the bass on the recording of Recovery, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then I remember that first time Sean came round, you were like, this is Sean. And he came round with his girlfriend at the time. And it was, it was all like, it's kind of weird because we were offering him not just the place in the band. You remember, we were also offering him the chance to move into the college. So it's yeah, kind of like yeah. a weird, it was weird. Like, hello, we haven't met you. Move in with us and join our band. We'll give you a it's band on like, a roof over your head. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. And, yeah. Uh, I think Fair that was a big to factor in. I think that was a big factor in him in him agreeing to join. To be honest, with the whole college stuff and having our own studio, yeah. everything yeah. else. Oh, it's definitely helped over the time. You know, like um, whenever yeah. we wanted to demo and record, you can just do it. You can rehearse whenever you want. It's mad, isn't no, it? Like, which when you so when you say that you can demo and record whenever you like, that brings me nicely onto the writing process of Save a Life. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So at the time. Of Save a Life, I was working at City Plumbing. Um, City Plumbing. So I was a a bathroom showroom assistant. Um, oh wow! In in City Plumbing, and uh, it sounds oh, a lot wow. better than it was. No disrespect, City Plumbing. One um, of your duties was definitely not to answer the phone because every time I called, you definitely never answered the phone. <laughs> you only called so I could say hello, City Plumbing. <laughs> I know. You're right. There was a weird thing, a moment me and you went through where even when I just called you on your actual mobile phone, you'd answer with, hello, City Plumbing, Brad speaking, how can I help you? <laughs> I remember I used to be I used to be in the opposite end of the shop and then my like my boss at the time, Stuart, I used to hear the phone go and then Stuart used to shout through, Brad, Chris is on the phone for you. <laughs> no worries, Stuart. <laughs> I'll get it now. Hello, City Plumbing. Uh... Um, so yeah, save a life writing process. So I remember um, Boots and Sean having a bottle of Jack Daniels and saying, "Right, we're going to write this song, despite how long it takes us." And I remember waking up at like half past six in the morning and like going to get. I used to because City Plumbing was right opposite the gym I went to, but I only <laughs> I only went to the gym to have a shower in the morning. I remember, right? I. <laughs> You had the ability to let a guest come into the gym, and I, and and I went with you once, and all we did was go in the jacuzzi <laughs> and the swimming pool. <laughs> I paid forty pound a month to have a share every morning at the gym. Wasn't there um, wasn't there a time when you had a personal trainer, and then didn't you like pass out, and your dad had to carry you down the stairs? No, the personal trainer had to carry me downstairs. <laughs> what the, the stairs in the gym in front of everyone yeah there was so many stairs as well and it was like half five so it was like proper peak time as well so there was like Aww. so many people in the gym and then it was a leg session and then yeah i didn't have anything to eat and i felt really sick i passed out 
And then he had to carry me down the stairs. And I, I got a free bottle of Lucas out of it, though. Fair. You know what? That's a win. I mean, what do That's you do when you haven't got a... What do you, what do, you do when you want a free bottle of Lucas aid? You pass out in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> pass out in the gym. <laughs> um, so, I re- I, so I remember getting up in the morning and thinking... I just remember opening my eyes and I, don't, I, I felt I was half asleep, half awake and I just heard this shouting. But I'd open my eyes and look out the window and everything, like, it'd go silent. So I'm like, okay. Then I'd hear it again. And I'm like, is that somebody shouting? And I just couldn't get my head around it. So then I went out um, and then I seen that the studio lights was on. So I poked my head round. Sean and Boots erect, <laughs> singing Save a Life. And because I had the highest voice at the time, because I think you might have been in bed, because it was like seven o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and Sean was just like, Brad, I need you to sing this. Like, I need to sing Chris's part. So I'm dressed in a shirt and tie with city plumbing on, singing to save a life. That was That's so weird. funny. I remember that. You know, we'll have to find that um, that original demo. Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. With your voice singing those bits. Because it's got to be on a computer. Well, maybe not. I don't know. But I but remember they, hearing it. Yeah, I remember hearing your bits. They were really good, actually. They, your bits were quite good, weren't they? <laughs> I remember they were actually all right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bits again that I did? Uh, uh, I'm here in the south. Oh yeah, I'm here in the south. Let's go for Yeah, fun that fact was great. For anybody that's listening, I left on the day of shooting the smokescreen music video. I remember oh, yeah. we shot the smokescreen video, and then we got back to the college, and then we all sat down, and that's when. I decided to tell. Yeah. Everyone. Shit, yeah. The day of the smokescreen video. Yeah. That was a weird video in itself because didn't you... Um, they obviously... We had the two... I don't know if, if everyone who's listening has seen our music video for smokescreen. If, if, if you haven't, check it out. It's on YouTube. It's um, there's the two actors in it doing their thing. And yeah. I remember... Weren't you working and you couldn't come down till later on in the afternoon? Yeah. Yeah, so... I remember because of that, we all delayed going there. And so they shot like all of that stuff without us even seeing it. I never it. met, and yeah, we didn't I never see met the actors at all. Yeah, yeah. We didn't see it until the edit. And that was weird. That was like a weird yeah. thing to be part of, but not part of. But we paid for it. <laughs> it's weird because it's like, as another example, the composure music video, we never met the guy who rode the motorbike. Yeah, that's true. They shot that on a day down south and we weren't even there either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. It is. It, it I think is that's interesting. Just become, becomes the norm now. I think we expected to meet every person that is on our video, but we don't actually have to. Mm, yeah, I think Weird. now, like, I mean, I'm sure you'll agree with us. The first, you know, the era of Led by Lanterns with Boots singing, we definitely spent a lot more money than looking back than we had to. I know at the time I was fully on board with it, and I felt like we had to. But this is an interesting topic of being in a band it's like the stuff you have to pay for right it's it's recording it's yeah. mixing it's mastering it's music videos this money doesn't come from nowhere unless you're signed to a label that are funding it all it's like that money comes out of your own pockets the money you make yeah. back from spotify is nowhere near enough yeah. to cover anything like that and even that you know live tours at our level you know it's the promoters making the money it's it's 
yeah. You know, we, we get a fixed guarantee. Like, for example, that my that my favourite runner-up tour that we were just talking about, 50 euros guarantee, 50. Yeah. Costs more than that in fuel to get to, to the show. 50 euros you know to I mean? play in a different country. Yeah, you're at a loss before you began. That's not even taken into consideration the ferries, the insurance, you know. It is mad, and it's unfortunately the way the industry is. Yeah. And, and but so, obviously, regret, when it, we were so used to doing it in, in My Favourite Runner-Up, and then we, me and Boots obviously moved on to Le Balances together, and I know I remember you and Sean saying, do we have to spend this much money on videos, you know? Um, yeah. I think composure... What was it? 12, 40, 12 to fourteen hundred pounds? Maybe, yeah. More than that. And if anybody's but, ever going to do a music video drumming in front of a fire, make sure you keep a safe distance. <laughs> make sure you keep a safe distance. Fuck me, that fire was hot. The, and Brad, you've got you had an acrylic drum kit, which you know and it's basically plastic. I've a hole in my boxes. Oh god, that was mad. Yeah, that was hot. Um, yeah, but we spent a lot of money on the music videos. We spent a lot of money on the recordings. You know, we were, we, you know, we still had a great deal. We, I think we were spending a, around five hundred quid on the recording of each song, and we were spending a hundred quid on the mastering. Yeah, and for for me then that was a great deal. Since then we've we've realised that it's better just to do a lot of the stuff yourselves. You know, we record everything ourselves now, and our music videos are definitely more budget conscious than they used to be. Yeah. Um, just because the money runs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're Quite not making any money as a band. It's like it's why it's it's why you know bands like While She Sleeps have have invented that that new model. I don't know if you've seen it, Brad. The, they've called it the Sleep Society. It's it's like a a monthly membership you pay to get drum oh, really? playthroughs, behind the scenes footage, tabs, video really? editing tutorials, and stuff. It's like a really nice new way of doing things uh, i think cool. that might be the way forward you know yeah 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 totally because if we went back because now although, to 2015 or 2016 would you say you if we went back in time say to 2016 or 2015 like yeah. say if we went back to the start of lanterns would you say right let's do the videos ourselves let's do the recordings ourselves yes I although think we, we to be done, honest yeah to be honest at the time to be honest Probably actually no, because I know my skills at the time as an audio engineer were no, weren't anywhere near where they are, uh, you know, as good as they are now. And I, I think but did you, maybe the result would have suffered. Did you force yourself to get better because you, because of the, the whole change with lanterns and you self-producing? Um, did you, so back then, if we said, right, we're going to self-produce, would you force yourself to become better? <sighs> It was a combination of me getting a bit more confident through touring with my job as well. Yeah, and that fair, came yeah. with time. It wasn't just to do with recording. You know, audio engineering in general, I got more confident at just from working in live sound. And That's you're right, I don't know if we would have made that decision back then. It's a, it's an interesting question, to be fair. Um, Continuity was a big thing for us as well, I think. So it's like, if you start yeah. big, you've got to continue big. That's it, yeah. And I, you know what? Right, I don't regret it for a second. I do enjoy watching those videos. Yeah, same. And I'm proud of everything we've done. I'm sure you are as well. And even going to record with Mike at CDS in Essex, that was a great experience. Yeah, and, and you're right. So, yeah, recording ourselves now, yeah, saves a lot of money, but you're missing those experiences. Do you remember going out in... Going out after yeah. the recorded sessions? You went out with Sean that time. Oh, my and God. then he pushed you into the shower and poured boiling hot water on you at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember being in the tactics and saying to the guy, is it rough around here? And he was like, no, it's just the same as anywhere else. And when we got out, there was a massive brawl in the street. <laughs> and Mitchell was like, this is definitely not like anywhere else. Oh, yeah, I think everywhere's got a dodgy crowd, you know. I don't think you can particularly blame it on the place, you know. Like, no, I love Glaswegian people. Are some of the, some of, Glasgow's got some of the nicest people I've ever met, but I've also seen the most <laughs> brutal brawl I've ever seen in my life in Glasgow, <laughs> which, let me, I've got to tell you, I don't know if I've ever told you about it. No. I was in a noodle bar at the end of a night out, right? And I was drunk. Um, I was with the, the guys in the Michael Graves band, and... Big group of guys comes in, big group of girls comes in, and they're obviously... Two, one of the guys and one of the girls has been arguing. I don't know what happened, don't know what started it. But um, the girls got served first and were sat down eating their chips and noodles or whatever. And then one of the guys threw a chip into the table of girls. And then one of the girls stood back, stood up and threw a chip back. And then a guy threw his whole carton of food. And she threw her whole carton of food. And then they started throwing the entire contents of the table, salt shakers, what? pepper shakers. They started, they picked up the chairs, they were throwing the chairs. And then one of the girls reached into her wallet and pulled out like pound coins, just started throwing these pound coins. What? And they were hitting like, they were hitting these framed pictures on the wall, smashing the glass. It was like being in a war zone. I just like cowered by the counter. One of them picked up the whole like bin, threw the whole bin across the restaurant, shit everywhere. And then the worst thing I have, I, I actually think the most graphic thing I've ever seen in my life, the girl tripped the guy up onto the floor and then stamped on his face in a high heel shoe. Wow. And there was blood everywhere. And I actually called the police. And do you know how long it took for them to show up in two riot vans? I can imagine it being a long time. Nope, it was 40 seconds. 40 seconds? Yeah, because later on I found out it's called Saucy Hill Street. It's the big night out street in Glasgow. So they have a riot van anyway. parked at each end all the time, just in case. No way. <laughs> I mean, the words of Ron Burgundy, that got out shit. fast. <laughs> oh, it, it, honestly, the most brutal fight I've ever seen in my life. Jesus Christ. All right, so uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of getting to to know how it actually how, how it all began, how, how Sean got involved with us in the first place. It's and, pretty mad, isn't it? When you, know. you I don't actually sit it's times like this, I sit back and think about it. it I know, mad. And, and I always, I have every now and then I have a, a, a think back moment to the Simon Ruby watching Kerrang TV thing. I think bloody hell, like <laughs> that moment. If that didn't happen, I would be living a completely different life. That is crazy, that is. It is. It is crazy. Um, so, yeah, we'll get Brad back on. Um, yes. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for Inside Bye. the Bunker. Bye. Bye.